0: Welcome to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Perda. I'm a life and marriage coach for moms, wife, mom of three, and I'm also an Aries and for my fellow human design nerds, a sacral manifesting generator. This podcast is for women who want to be happier in their marriage as they navigate their journey through motherhood, even if you're like me and you weren't shown how while growing up. Inside, we're going to be talking about breaking generational cycles when it comes to how to handle conflict in healthy ways, redefining motherhood your way, and prioritizing your well-being, because here, we believe that women don't have to sacrifice their happiness to be a great mom. And a quick note to mamas listening with kids around, you may want to pop your earbuds in because nothing is left unsaid on this show, which means there may be times where something I say isn't meant for little ears. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about arguing respectfully. <laughs> I know that you might think like, how do you do that? That sounds like they're oxymorons. And I am here to tell you that they are not. It is totally possible to argue respectfully, and I thought it'd be really a good topic for us to cover today. So, Uh, also I don't want to leave out those who are watching replay. If you're catching the replay, type in hashtag replay so I can say hi to you when I see your comments and I'm so glad you're here. All right. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about how to handle conflict with respect, right? Arguing respectfully. And I want to start off by first uncovering the purpose of conflict, right? Sometimes we can get into arguments and kind of lose sight of what we're doing and why. Okay. I know I did in the past. I would just kind of be unhappy, get into it with whoever I was dating or my husband or, you know, boyfriend at the time and get lost in the conversation, get lost in my emotions and lose sight of what my point even was. And I think it's really important to think about what is the purpose of conflict. Okay. So When a couple has healthy communication, the purpose of conflict is to learn more about each other, okay? Think about it as like an exercise to bring you two closer together, to have a more satisfying relationship with each other, okay? So the purpose of conflict with healthy communication is so that everybody's needs are met, all right? It's a way to bring up your needs and work together to figure out how to get those needs met. But when a couple doesn't have healthy communication skills, right, which is changeable, conflict can be like a roller coaster from hell, right? I had to add from hell because some people <laughs> love roller coasters, some people don't. But this is not the kind of roller coaster that you want to be on, okay? It's got the worst parts of a roller coaster, and you just want to get off because it feels terrible. It makes you sick to your stomach, and you just want to get off. And without healthy communication, conflict can be like people saying things that are hurtful. Feelings aren't being considered. Everyone's out there for themselves. And it kind of feels like you're navigating through a minefield, right? Except that you don't know where anything is. You don't know where the mines are, right? So you don't know where to step. And if you take the wrong step, something might blow up on you and you have no clear path to get out. You just feel stuck. You feel like, well, I don't wanna make a move, right? And most times, Couples who don't have healthy communication skills, haven't learned it, just sweep it under the rug. They give it a go, realize that it's just gonna turn out the same. You come at a at a point where it's like, uh, you're not understanding me. I'm not understanding you. We don't know how to move forward. We can't come up with a resolution. So we're just gonna go our separate ways, let some time pass, and pretend everything's okay. But the problem with that is that it'll be okay, or I should say, quote unquote, okay, for a little bit because you kind of try and forget it and you mask it by distracting yourselves and then something else happens and then it isn't okay. And then you do the same thing again and again, right? You go through the same process, through the same fighting style, and it just starts to eat away at the relationship. Now, this is what respect doesn't look like when you're communicating with each other, when you're arguing with each other. In order to have healthy communication, respect has to be at the core of how you interact with each other. And when it isn't there, it looks like yelling, screaming, interrupting, dismissing what the other person is saying, minimizing the experiences that are being shared, blaming, criticizing, belittling, ignoring, making a lot of assumptions about what the other person's intentions were and crossing boundaries, right? And if you're on the receiving end of this, you're probably not gonna feel like you're very motivated to be respectful back to the other person, right? Like if someone's coming at you doing all that stuff, you're probably gonna be aggressive right back at them. Or, you know, by matching your tone, your volume, uh, your approach, because you're not gonna get pushed around like that. Nobody's gonna treat you like that and you're not gonna allow it. Or on the other side of things, you might retreat and shut down because you're completely overwhelmed by how you're being mistreated and you cannot think or speak clearly because you're just so damn overwhelmed and you just want the chaos to end. You just want to leave the room, curl up into a ball until you feel calmer, and then you're going to go back and, and hope that things have settled and, and you could just forget about it. Okay? When there is respect, it looks like Taking turns talking, trying to understand each other, speaking with kindness and compassion, weighing each other's needs equally, and honoring the boundaries that are set. Now, I'm sure you could, like when you're of sound mind, you're calm, you're cool, collected, that you could list out the qualities of what you need to embody respectful communication in your marriage. But knowing what to do and actually doing it when it matters is two different things, okay? The reason why it can be challenging is because when we're we're triggered, aka feeling intense, non-preferred emotions, I'm not going to call them negative, okay, non-preferred emotions, it's really overwhelming, especially if you don't know how to handle them kind of like when you're like low on sleep which we can all relate to as moms especially those with babies or young children who don't sleep through the night right your capacity to be the version of yourself that you love and feel proud of is much lower so much lower you're on edge and if one person says the wrong thing or looks at you funny It'll send you over the edge, and the side of you that you don't enjoy so much comes out, right? The villain in you comes out to play. Same thing happens when you're in an argument. Tension is high. You're starting to get overwhelmed by your emotions and a situation, and you're not available to be calm, understanding, compassionate, and careful with your words and your approach. You're pissed, and it's really hard to hide it, especially if you're like me, where it's like, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, it's very obvious how I feel, and I feel pretty strongly, right? I have big feelings. When that happens, you start to do all kinds of things, right? Things that you would never do when you're calm. And that's all because you're trying to regain control over the situation in any way that you can so that you can feel normal again, aka calm, right? In control. It's not fun to feel out of control, right? You kind of feel helpless. You feel like, gosh, this is like terrible. I I just like... I don't know what to do with myself. I hate how I feel. I don't like the situation. I don't like what's going on and I need this to get fixed. And you kind of get graspy, right? So you start doing all kinds of stuff that you may not even approve of if you saw your kid do that, or if your husband was doing that to you, you would not be okay with these things, but you're not feeling in control of yourself, right? And, and this could look like raising your voice, getting defensive, dismissing what your husband is saying, because you believe that if only you two can just agree, if he could just see and understand your side, then everything will be fine. So you push your point. You push how, like, you just need to understand what I'm saying. No, 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 no. You don't get it, right? and you keep pushing. Meanwhile, your husband's like, damn, why can't she just see it my way? Why won't she stop to just listen to me? Why does she keep talking over me? Why isn't she listening to me, right? And so then he does whatever he feels like he needs to do to regain control so he can feel less overwhelmed by his intense feelings. Right? However, you and your husband fight, whether it's exactly how I described it or a variation of that, I bet that you fight that way every single time. Like a movie that you replay over and over and over again. You guys are playing your parts really well. You've rehearsed your lines thousands of times and it's just like clockwork, right? You know how it's going to go down and rarely does it have a happy ending. Let me know if this is something that you can relate to, right? Now, here's what you can do about it, all right? Stop fighting. Stop fighting. That doesn't mean stop communicating. I literally mean stop fighting. Fighting is not the answer to have better communication, right? If you think about what fighting looks like, right, it's aggressive. There's a clear winner and a clear loser, right? You're not on each other's team at all. And this is not conducive to having healthy communication in your marriage, which is what? Based on respect, right? So do you want to know what is, right? Do you want to know what you can do about it? Understand yourself work on understanding yourself so 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 well. When you understand what you need, what you want, what you feel and how to handle your emotions like in your own unique way, like not what works for for your kids, not what works for your best friend, but actually getting to know what do I personally need when I feel this way. Right? Learning And understanding how to be your own best friend, cheerleader, confidant, coach, therapist, whatever. Okay? When you can do that, game changer. Okay? Game changer. Now, the reason why you haven't learned how to do that is that we've been taught to expect other people to help us feel better right? Think about fairy tales, right? Damsels in distress, come save me. I am this helpless person who has these big emotions and I need someone to come on their white horse to help me feel better, make me happy. But it's not other people's jobs to make us happy, including the person you chose to quote unquote, make you happy okay? It's not even your husband's job to do that. It's each of our jobs to help ourselves be happy, to curate our life, our experience of life, to be the best that it can be. That's our responsibility. No one else's, okay? Other people might influence it, but ultimately, it's up to us. So as soon as you learn how to support yourself emotionally, you will be able to handle conflict with so much more ease, right? And when I say ease, I don't mean it's easy, but you have a greater capacity and a greater sense of resilience while you're navigating it, right? So like, imagine, okay, so I I naturally have terrible balance, right? I blame it on my flat feet, okay? I used to be a yoga instructor, if you didn't know this. When I was practicing yoga, I had to get to know my feet really, really well because it didn't, it didn't function or do the stuff that it would do for other people who didn't have flat feet, right? So my feet kind of like cave in on the inside of the, the arch side, right? So I had to figure out how do my feet work? And before that, I would be like all over the place. I'd be falling all over the place with standing poses, where you balance, like warrior three. I don't know if you know yoga, but if you do, you know what I'm talking about, right? Doing dancer's pose or doing any kind of like hold, okay? I would be falling all over the place, catching myself, sometimes not catching myself. And I just had a really hard time, right? As soon as I was able to figure out, okay, These are how my feet are, except that that's how they are. And I started to work with my feet. Balancing became a lot easier. I was able to do tree pose longer with more ease, right? Not that it was easy, but I knew what to do to support my body to be able to hold that pose for longer, okay? So you'll notice that as soon as you start to develop this strong connection with yourself, with your emotions, right? Actually have a relationship with yourself and your emotions. You'll notice that when you're triggered, you're going to be able to identify that you're triggered, not like a lot sooner, not too late after the fact where you're like, oh, crap, right? But more like, oh, I'm feeling triggered. You're going to be able to identify what it is that you feel. actually be able to name the emotion that you feel other than mad, angry, sad, frustrated. Like there's so many more emotions than just those, right? And you're going to be able to bring yourself back down so that you can have a productive conversation where you utilize all the qualities that embody respectful communication. Okay. But when you're feeling like a hot mess and you're struggling to feel like your normal self, there's no way you're going to have the capacity to do all that, even if you know what you should be doing, right? Because your emotions are flooding you so much, you somehow, like, lose access to that part of you. You're like, uh, <laughs> it's like brain freeze or brain fart. I, I don't know. It's just what I'm going to do. And it's like words just start coming out of your mouth and it's really hard for you to control yourself, right? Because you're so overwhelmed and you're reacting to the situation, which is basically the same as responding without mindfulness, right? Without being intentional or considering the impact of your actions because it's difficult to think ahead when you feel like you're drowning. You are struggling, okay? dysregulation. That's what's happening to you. And if you were to ask me what's been the most impactful thing that I've personally learned on my journey of personal growth, I would say emotional awareness. All right. And this one thing has been such a game changer for my marriage, my family, and my clients. All right. I'm going to share a really fun story with you. I've been working with a couple, right? It's only been one month, one month, okay? And all we've really done work on is on emotional awareness with a touch of human design, right? Helping them understand their unique self and their gifts, their strengths and areas that they're meant to accept about themselves instead of judge themselves, right? And the wife, Shared with me the other day that they have been so much more patient with each other this month. They felt more connected and have been wanting to spend more time with each other rather than avoid each other. We haven't worked on communication at all. Like, we haven't even touched on communication strategies aside from respecting their, like, their individual experience of their emotions. That's it. So if you're looking for like the one thing that is a must do to help yourself be able to experience conflict more respectfully, more calmly, more productively, and actually turn it into an exercise, like I was saying, that connects you two together, that helps you to create a marriage where you both feel like your needs are being met, and you could spend more time actually having fun with each other, wanting to spend time together rather than avoiding each other. Right. And feeling like strangers, wondering how you got to this place where you were once lovers and now you're like, I can't even stand the sight of you. Right. Do this work on your emotional awareness. Right that's it for this episode. I hope that you love this and you now are inspired to actually go work on your emotional awareness. And if that inspires you to do that work with me, let me know. I have one-on-one coaching spots open, whether that's with you or as a couple, because your husband really wants to do the work too. Reach out to me. Let's talk about it. I also have an upcoming program that I'm bringing back called The Embodied Wife, where we get to work together as a community with other women who are also prioritizing their own personal growth and happiness to learn more about emotional awareness, become more emotionally resilient so that they can start to show up how they want to in arguments not screaming, not yelling, not feeling all over the place and overwhelmed, but rather be able to recognize what's going on and clearly, calmly, confidently articulate what they feel, what they want, what they need, and have a productive conversation that's got less defensiveness so that it's more of a heart to heart conversation between you and your husband so that you can create a relationship where everybody is happy. All right. If that interests you, let me know by reaching out and I'll catch you back here next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Marriage and Motherhood podcast. I hope that this episode helped you deepen your relationship with your husband and more importantly with yourself. If you know someone that this episode would help, please share it. All right. See you back here next week. Bye.